of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hello, America and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell radio program. This is your home for common sense, conservative values. You know, it's so nice to find a landing zone, isn't it? Once you finally stumble upon this channel, this podcast, this live stream, wherever you are on the radio dial, and you hear people who are saying exactly what you think, which is not extreme. It's not some kind of a conspiracy theory. It's not hateful or bigoted or racist or any of such nonsense that the progressive lunatic socialist Marxist left wants to tell you it is and you just hear normal people saying normal things because that's what normal people used to do and now of course everybody's worried I don't want to get labeled I don't want to be canceled I don't want to lose my reach they might unfriend me screw it I'm done we got big stories to hit right out of the blocks here so let's get right to the pledge because you got to hear what's on tap I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news right now. Wendy Bell, breaking news. All right, this just in minutes ago in our hot little hands. Here is your headline, CBS News. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy intends to back impeachment inquiry into President Biden. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy expected to tell fellow House Republicans this week that he backs an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Two sources familiar with the speaker's plan confirmed to CBS News. McCarthy says his plan is to say to the GOP colleagues that Opening the impeachment inquiry into the president is the logical next step in these investigations into Mr. Biden and his son, Hunter, that were launched by two committees after Republicans took control of the House in January. The expected move comes as House Republicans are prepared to hold a closed door meeting Thursday to provide an update on these probes from the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees into the president and his son. Launching this inquiry is a significant escalation of Republicans' investigations into Mr. Biden and into Hunter Biden, which have yet, according to CBS News, 
have yet to uncover direct evidence that the president profited off his son's foreign business dealings. This is the narrative. This is the line that your legacy media continue to draw. Mr. Biden has denied any involvement, blah, blah, blah. White House has said the president is not involved, yada, yada, yada. It is also unclear, however, whether there are 218 Republicans who would vote to approve the inquiry. McCarthy can only afford four defections from the GOP and at least two Representatives Ken Buck of Colorado and Don Bacon of Nebraska have expressed skepticism toward pursuing and impeach an impeachment inquiry. There will also be less Republicans, less Republican in the House GOP. There will also be one less Republican, I beg your pardon, in the House GOP conference as of Friday when Representative Chris Stewart of Utah steps down because of his wife's health concerns. Look, if Ken Buck and Don Bacon say no, you know who you got to get rid of. Don Bacon also voted for infrastructure. So are we at all surprised? These are Republicans who are not. And we know this. So this news is coming on the heels of this breaking news headline. This from theblaze.com breaking Biden to allow transfer of $6 billion to Iran. What? $6 billion to Iran in prisoner swap deal. So this is agreed upon on the 22nd anniversary of the worst terror attack on U.S. soil. Is that right? Joe Biden will approve the transfer of $6 billion of frozen funds to the government of Iran in a prisoner swap deal. It was confirmed Monday. Apparently, we're getting some people. They're getting some people. They're like the same number of people. But we sweetened the pot with $6 billion. The deal would free five Americans being held captive in Iran in exchange for the release of five Iranian citizens being held in the United States, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken signed off on the waivers for the frozen funds last week. But the deal was confirmed only after Blinken notified Congress on Monday, the anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks. Think of the optics. Think of the timing. Think of this administration's botched withdrawal from Afghanistan using the failures of 9-11 as its predicate and doing this deal with what? The most undeniable nucleus of terror on the earth? To facilitate their release, the United States has committed to release five Iranian nationals currently held in the U.S., and to permit the transfer of approximately $6 billion in restricted Iranian funds held in South Korea to restricted accounts in Qatar, where the funds will be available only, only for humanitarian trade, wrote Blinken. We do not know who these Iranian prisoners are. Republicans, some of them at least are awake. Here's Tom Cotton, Arkansas. 
He says, first, Joe Biden used 9-11 as an excuse to flee Afghanistan. Now he desecrates this day by paying ransom to the world's worst state sponsor of terrorism. Shameful. Well, shameful is a word, Senator. How about this from Chuck Grassley? It's ridiculous for the U.S. to be blackmailed into paying $6 billion for hostages, which will help indirectly finance the number one foreign policy of Iran, terrorism. The last time it was $1.7 billion traded for hostages. Next time it's probably going to be $10 billion. The price keeps going up and up. Whatever happened to our strategy to never negotiate with terrorists? Well, the minute you do, there is a number. Everybody has our number. And Joe Biden's not the one answering the phone. It's Barack. It's Barack Obama, who how many people voted for? Oh, first black president. You know, it's time. What do we know about him? Well, I don't know. Joe Biden says he cleans up pretty good. and He's nicely dressed and speaks well. It's got to be good. I sure wouldn't want anybody to think I was a racist. Yeah, but what do you know about him? Really, what do you know? Not a whole lot. Except he hates America. A Saul Alinsky acolyte. Somebody who was indoctrinated in the pews of Reverend Jeremiah Wright's church. Their chickens have come home to roost. Really? Isn't all of this just such an interesting Development on this day. And what a disgraceful and purposeful date in history to drop this on. And listen to the response of this $6 billion deal. Democrats praised Biden. And what do you think they also did? They blamed former President Donald Trump. Cannot make it up, ladies and gentlemen. There is one playbook. It's one structure. There is no, let's run up the middle. There is no Hail Mary. There is no flea flicker. There is nothing. There is this. It is the same play time and time and time again. Do things that are absolutely horrendous, that bankrupt and make unsafe the American people, and then blame Donald Trump. Good for President Biden said Representative Chris Murphy of Connecticut. Continuing Trump's failed Iran policy makes no sense. And then he went in with that humanitarian, emotional, mm, feel-good clause. These detainees deserve to be home. Yes, so do hundreds of January 6th protesters. Your United States government under this administration would rather make deals with the head of of world terror. They would rather negotiate with that than they would be to care about the constitutional freedoms and protections afforded to What, now going on 2,000 Americans who've been fingered for January 6th? This is your America. This is America under the guise of a new liberal world order. It is calculated. It is purposeful. 
And what happened in New Mexico last Friday with the governor citing an emergency, a public health emergency in order to infringe on the rights of law-abiding citizens and squelching their Second Amendment right to carry for self-defense is yet another toe in the pond. Joe Biden made a splash in that pond yesterday, being 4,000 miles away. And when we come back, I want you to hear the moving tribute, the comment that Joe Biden had to say about 9-11, 22 years later. Oh, boy. Wait for it. It is next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so Joe Biden was on this whirlwind tour, right? I saw him get off of Marine One in the early morning hours and then try to jog a little bit through the grass. Hopefully he made it to the door. <laughs> I think he fell in the bushes first. I don't know. I don't know. It's a sad thing that we even have to say this. But so folks were, were wondering, they're like, wait a minute, this is the 22nd anniversary of an event that has a scar on all of us, an individual scar that will never go away. And this is going to be the first time, the first president in history to not pay respects, to, to not even just be there in, in solemnity, in solidarity. No, he was in Alaska. And so when asked by Peter Ducey, and others on this press tour of Vietnam and India, et cetera, et cetera. Why did Joe Biden decide to bounce from Vietnam and go 4,000 plus miles away from Shanksville or Washington, D.C. to do whatever the hell he's doing there? Well, let's listen to Peter Ducey for himself. He's going to describe to you what his response from the White House was. Why? Joe Biden did not go anywhere related to the 9-11 memorials. Go. Well, uh, our focus the last couple of days has been on President Biden here in South Asia. And when I asked a White House official why it is that President Biden was here and missing the 9-11 uh, commemorations at the attack sites, the analogy that I was given is that 22 years after Pearl Harbor, U.S. presidents were not still going to visit Hawaii. Mm. Brock, I'm going to bring you in here for a personal on the spot, and I apologize in advance. How long has your mother been gone? Good question. Um, over 30 years. And after a certain time, it just stops mattering, right? Right. Of course, yeah. No. You don't think about it anymore. She's not a part of your life. Correct. Right. Yeah, it just goes away. Just evaporates just like, like that. Like it never happened. Exactly. You know, after 22 years, people stopped going to Pearl Harbor after 22 years. Factually incorrect. In fact, we found a photograph of John F. Kennedy, president at the time, 1963. According to the JFK uh, library, it says this. Today, the country marks the anniversary of the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor. In 1963, President Kennedy visited the USS Arizona Memorial and laid a wreath for those who perished in that surprise attack. There he is at the very bottom, the wall. If you've never been to that USS Arizona, it is staggering. 
and what it and what it conveys on those marble walls. It's very quiet. It's like the it's like the uh, Flight 93 Memorial, as you well know, the USS Memorial, and I'm not so sure if the young person, the youngster in the administration who checks boxes, who gave that quip of an answer to explain Joe Biden's absence on a very painful anniversary, I'm sure they realize that that particular memorial in Honolulu marks the resting place of 1102 of the 1177 sailors and Marines killed on the Arizona during the attack on Pearl Harbor. And it commemorates the events of that day. And that is why we go. And that is why people go to Ground Zero to see what is now in the place of those two towers and what they heard from this White House was ambivalence. There wasn't even an attempt to make a reasonable excuse. At some point, you just got to move on, was the message. Now, if you lost somebody, and we all did, you're connected in ways most of us can't even realize to that event. And so many people in our orbits physically lost a precious person in their life. You don't just move on. You deal with it in time, in different ways. But I think that message is resonating to more people. You don't have to live in East Palestine, Ohio to feel being forgotten. You don't have to be a resident of Lahaina on Maui to to feel the abandonment, to see the the black wall be erected around what had been your home. And, And when you're arrested for trying to go back to that home, by a government that promised it would take care of you. Ladies and gentlemen, eyes are open. There is no denying what is going on. They hate us. They want to destroy us. And they don't care who stands in the way. Brilliant panel of guests, 9-11 families, responding to Joe Biden not being there in Manhattan yesterday. Just wait. It's it's brilliant. And it's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, the last thing I think you want to be on a solemn moment, a solemn anniversary, something of that nature, though I think it's easier to feel this way, the last thing you want to be is enraged. Like if my heart is broken, I'm vomiting my feelings and I'm absolutely in total despair. The last thing I really want is to be enraged, though 
it is a great way to channel away from your pain. Anger. Anger is a lot easier to navigate, I think, because you're just <laughs> when something hurts you inside and you have to navigate that. It can be complicated. So thanks to Joe Biden for allowing that enraging feeling among many 9-11 families. So I was interested in this panel discussion. And this is Fox News talking to to three families or three parents, three people, I should say. One is a retired Air Force colonel whose brother died on 9-11. One is a woman who lost her husband. And one is a man who lost his father. Each is suffering in their own way. So I found this kind of interesting. Biden enrages 9-11 families by not going to the memorial sites on anniversary. And they're quoted as saying opposite of never forget. I agree. And it's on purpose. We say never forget what they did to you. How many times have you heard me say that on this program? Dealing specifically with with COVID and, and the whole snowball effect of tyranny at the cost of your liberty. And I say never forget. It's easy to forget chapters of suck. But we have to remember so that we don't fall for the same garbage, knowing full well they have a limited playbook. I want you to hear some of these sound bites. The first gentleman you're going to hear, and he says this beautifully. This is how... People are seeing Joe Biden and this White House, all right? This is retired Air Force Colonel Donald Arias, whose brother was killed on 9-11. Go. That's no surprise to me that he's not coming to uh, Ground Zero or any of the 9-11 sites. Today. Uh, this is a president who has more in common with oligarchs out in Ukraine than he does with people of Bahia or East Palestine. So no shock to my system. And quite frankly, I prefer he stay away anyway. We will be spared one of his uh, stories of how he can relate, uh, like he did with the people in Lahaina, how uh, he can relate because of a kitchen fire that singed his cat's uh, uh, whiskers. We can do without that. Uh, He sent uh, that human laugh track we know as the vice president uh, to Ground Zero to represent him. And uh, again, I prefer she stay away as well. This is a day for family members, first responders, and, and true-hearted, stout-hearted patriots who want to honor those we lost in my life. Wow. That was freaking blistering. Blistering. Everybody sees what's going on. You're not on your own island. You're not by yourself. Can you imagine Jill Biden when finding out if you were the first lady, right? If you loved America, you're supposed to be in the house of America, the pillars and the lawn and the rose garden and the great hallways and the meeting rooms and the historical bedrooms with artwork dating back to the Civil War. This is your country. And you're the first lady of the leader of the free world. And you say, that's cool. Let's go to Alaska. I'm sorry, but wives have a lot of say 
In fact, we rule almost every household. Sorry for those of you who don't agree with this, but we do. Period. That Jill Biden did not say full stop, what in the hell are we doing, tells you everything you need to know about the occupants of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, a woman, her name is Terry Strada. She's also on this panel. And the anchor gal asks her, well, you know, your views. She lost her husband. I mean, I think each of us in our own mind, and probably more often than we'd ever like to admit aloud, have considered what it would be like for that phone call. What if something happened? What if that fight you left the house with before work was the last exchange you had with your husband or your wife? And you start thinking about what ifs, and that's when the world of being selfish changes into, you know what, we're a team. I don't want you leaving on bad terms with me. You are precious to me. Terry Strada experienced that horror. And this is what she had to say when she found out that Joe Biden was going to be nowhere near, in fact, 4,000 plus miles away from America's heartbeat yesterday. Go. He asked a White House official, uh, why Alaska? And that White House official said, well, 22 years after Pearl Harbor, the White House wasn't going to Hawaii. What's your reaction to that? Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's awful. I mean, that is the opposite of what we've all pledged to never forget. And he is now just saying that flippantly, that he doesn't have to come to any of the sites and commemorate the loss with the families. That's terrible. You know, these families, too, these 9-11 families have banded together to influence legislation. Legislation regarding our American government's negotiations with these terrorists who remain five of them, if I'm not mistaken, at Guantanamo Bay, where I should also submit to you the conditions are superior to those in the Fulton County Jail where LaShawn Thompson died from neglect covered in bed bugs and lice. I bet Guantanamo Bay is far better location than the D.C. Gitmo, where Jacob Chansley, you know, the QAnon shaman who offered a prayer of thanksgiving on the floor of the Senate, thanking Capitol Police officers from being so careful and dutiful and showing him a tour on January 6th. And they throw him, they threw him into solitary for more than a year. You don't think people know what's going on? This is just yet another example. It's not just a finger in your eye. It's a freaking jackhammer. Wake up, right? And then finally, this young man, his name is Matt Bocci. He lost his father. And what he's going to say is going to resonate with every one of you who suffered a tragic loss in your life. I know it's going to resonate with Brock. Go. I think it just portraying the unfortunate reality in this country. If, if our leader is so willing to not show up to the memorial services, it, it's showing the message that Americans have forgotten and that it's okay to forget. 
unfortunately for myself and for all the other families and those joined with us this morning, um, we have, we have no way of forgetting. This is something that forever changed our lives. And this is something that we're going to live with forever. Even if the rest of the country can, can let this uh, be a day that they do forget. We have no way to forget. We we talk about this phrase, conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorist. It's a moniker that's tossed around by people on the left who I believe are dishonest. These monikers are detrimental and they are meant to silence conversation. It's like calling somebody racist. It's a card you drop. It stops the conversation. Of course, now... Since everything is racist, we are numb to that word. Isn't that a shame? Vaccine denier is another one. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He is a vax denier. He couldn't be anything further from the truth. He is 100% pro-vaccine. But he illuminates certain truths that people don't want to discuss. That in the world of medicine, vaccines are the only drugs that are not governed by specific rules that allow you to sue for injury. And so he asked during the whole COVID debacle and has asked for years regarding the vaccine schedule for children, show us the data. Show us the data that what you are pushing out as 72 individual drugs for our kids to take when when you and I were growing up, it was like five, right? Smallpox, polio, like what? Show me the data that shows that our kids are healthier. Beyond that, show me the data that you tested its safety on animals. Show us the clinical trial data. They never do. Why? Because they never have. And think about that. All he is is one voice who says, be aware, they're not testing this. They're not guilty if something happens to you or somebody you love. You cannot sue them. They are protected. And this is a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Who all is getting rich while you're getting screwed? Shut up, vaccine denier. And he's canceled. Conspiracy theorists, my friends, that I'm talking about are people who dare to ask questions. Like, show me what really happened on January 6th. Don't hide all the video. Put it out there. Because when you hide it and you try to put it on a shelf like Raiders of the Lost Ark and push it back in the forgotten warehouse for hundreds of years, I'm on to you. And because you can't debate me, because you know I'm right, you've got to throw something at me that stops the conversation. Ah! They're a conspiracy theorist. Or we're just people exercising our First Amendment right to question everything and noting, of course, in the process that the people who are pointing their fingers at us, calling us names are the ones who could end the conversation immediately by giving us the proof. Where's all the the video? Not just from January 6th, but from the Pentagon. Where's all the video? 
you're not supposed to ask these questions. And the distance between Joe Biden and the epicenter of what happened 22 years ago yesterday tells you everything about the people who want the truth and those who are hiding from it. And that is why I say, credibly, I believe, that putting him out there to say stupid stuff, which he did yesterday yet again, is a purposeful detour to eliminate Joe Biden. We're going to go there further next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Well, every now and again, we do find an opportunity to carve out a new segment for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's what gave birth to Lib of the Week on Wednesdays. That's what gave birth to Bad Joke Friday and Good News. This is a new one just for Joe. And now, kids, the Wendy Bell Radio Program presents Storytime with Joe Biden. Mm. Just feels comfortable, doesn't it? I hope you got your cardigan on and your shoes, comfy shoes, house shoes, right? All snuggled in. Okay, let's go. Here's Joe Biden in Alaska. Joe Biden in Alaska reflecting on nine. No, this is Joe Biden in make believe land. This is Joe Biden somewhere else (laughs) fantasizing about uh, 9-11 22 years ago where he was the next day. Joe, he's just he's not there in person. But by God, he's there in spirit. Go. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. This has been Storytime with Joe Biden. Brought to you by a grant from the good folks at Burisma, reminding you that crack is whack. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, story time with Joe Biden. He was at Ground Zero the next day. He remembers looking at the landscape. It was like looking through the gates of hell. Well, unfortunately for Joe, that's not really what happened because he was on the Senate floor debating some measure on September 12th, 2001. He was nowhere near ground zero. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and we have video of it that is just boring Joe from 22 years ago, and we didn't do that to you. Okay, so I'm on the fence. I find myself fence-sitting a bit, right? And I think that's a good thing because that means you're in reality and you're like a ref of the U.S. Open. You see this way and you look over and you see that way and then you have to make a good decision. Is he completely demented? That's the one side, right? They're serving. On the other side, they're getting ready to to receive, right? Is he just a pathological liar? Demented, pathological liar. I don't know. Brock, you wanted to weigh in. I think you can be both, right? Because he was a pathological liar from way back when his wife died from a drunk driver. That is and his now story. he's demented. And how she really die? In an accident. Yes. It had nothing to do with the drunk driver. Yes. He ruined that guy's life. Yes. Or the time he went to college and corn pop and Yes. All those other times. Those were pre dementia. How about the time that he uh finished at the top of his class? 
Mm-hmm. Right? In the law school, he didn't. How didn't. about the time he uh, plagiarized mm. Kennedy? Mm. But, you know. That sounds like a perfect candidate for the United States presidency. I mean, like, right? Aren't you guys so warm and fuzzy? You're like, that's my guy. You know, and we have something, and I've kind of held it for later on in the program. If you were scrolling through social media yesterday, you might have come across several news clippings, but they're video, right? Video of Donald Trump, businessman Donald Trump, Dressed the way he's always dressed, right? It's almost weird to not see Donald Trump in a suit. And he's at ground zero. I'm going to presume it's the next day, right? You're going to see a consistency the same way you see a consistency in Joe Biden lying. There is a a very reasonable, fair, caring Take action and tell the truth, Donald Trump. 22 years ago, well before politics. And he slices through all of the noise by saying what everybody is thinking. Whomever did this, I hope we move and I hope we move fast. That we take them out because this is unacceptable. This is a disgrace. You hear Today's Donald Trump in 22 year ago, Donald Trump. You hear in Joe Biden the delusions of grandeur, the stories where he inserts himself in fantastical ways so that he is the crux of it. He is the focus. That is the reason why he was selected as the marionette in chief, as the as the lifeless puppet on the strings. That is why they control where he goes. Here are marks on the ground. They control what he says, who he calls on, how long he's allowed to speak. This is why he laments the fact that he is treated like a toddler. Because he is. Because he is a figment, a placeholder, a character. In this sordid drama called the destruction of the United States. And every single day we peer behind the curtain a little bit more and see a much more clear picture. And seeing it comes with a whole host of emotions. Anger. Disgust. Rage. But knowledge Knowledge is what allows us to right all of these wrongs. Coming up in the next hour, okay, hour number two, right on deck. You know, and I'm going to propose this, and I don't think it's deniable. I submit to you that the virus that is the most dangerous thing in these United States is not COVID-19 or any iteration of it. It's liberals. And I have the proof Next, don't miss it. You're tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Program.